new episode post Christmas. Laura, what do you got? What do you want me to say? Welcome to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. You I'm not that. the mascot. <laughs> <laughs> Add that to your list. It is. My titles. Yes, copy CEO of the copier. Mm-hmm. Mascot podcast ma- mascot. We are back. It is uh, after Christmas. We are here talking today with Mr. John Beshi, Joe's dad. Got some stories about roads because he is a roads expert, and that's what this town is all about right now. So we're going to talk that. We're going to talk Joe. Uh, we're going to talk about his family and some other stories along the way. Uh, Merry Christmas. You're listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Have you prepared what you're going to say for the, the intro, since you're part of the intro now? We're doing a new oh. intro? Yes, we have to do an intro. Your Are face. you prepared? Why? God, no, I'm not. <laughs> no? Aww. Season three, you got to be in it. That's probably what it was, so you already did it. It's already done. <laughs> <laughs> intro over. <laughs> Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rest Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's Cold Oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his desk. It's it's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like one to ten. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, There's nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and... Maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! (laughs) Welcome back. You are listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. This is Matt Resch of Resch Strategies. And as I always do at the beginning of our little episodes here of the podcast, I like to go around and introduce the team the, the folks who put the err in rest strategies. What? <laughs> <laughs> what we do? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, the little engine that, the, wow. that runs oh. this thing. Err. I didn't know where you are going with that. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Hi, this is Nikki O'Mara. <laughs> I, and Nick is here. Laura Beal. Stephanie Vancouvering. Joe Bashi. You, you meant Stephanie Vancouvering. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Get it right. Asphalt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are a public affairs and a public relations uh, firm. We are headquartered in Lansing, Michigan, a very sleepy Lansing, Michigan, coming to you today post-Christmas holiday, post-Hanukkah holiday. There's no one in downtown except for the six of us here live broadcasting to fill your uh, that, that little holiday gap between the presents on Christmas and the, the merriment of New Year's Eve. Here we are. We're so excited. <laughs> can't uh, believe we had to come in today yeah. Yeah. sorry see that's why I, that's why i buttered you all up with the err <laughs> <laughs> um you can find us at reststrategies.com our fancy new website it's working fancy right? schmancy working. um we are also all of our episodes are there you look at the bottom of the the, the screen bottom right hand corner there's a little picture of a bowl of cold oatmeal you can click on that and you'll see all of our episodes we're also on twitter on Facebook and Instagram at Rest Strategies, and exciting news, Joe, we are back on Apple Podcasts. We don't know how. I, th- I think we are. But we're back. Yeah. So, sorry, everyone. Poor Wayne Brauner. We had to go experiment, experiment with a new website. 
Something it, tells me he won't notice. He didn't. He, he didn't notice when he didn't get his yeah, notification on his, his Apple Podcasts. Yeah, so we did have a bit of a snafu with the Wayne Bronner episode. Our friend from from Bronner's in in Frankenmuth. Uh, the new website we found was not connected to iTunes and other places. So that time when I said go to iTunes and check out the podcast with Wayne Bronner, it wasn't there. But we figured it out. Yeah. Right. And end of story. Okay. So today, our guest, uh, it, is, it is the holidays, as they say. Is that right, Laura? As you'd say. I believe so. <laughs> You're probably You say, had to check. It's the holiday season. And so it's about family. And so we thought we would have Joe's dad on the podcast today, John Beshi, uh, the executive director, soon to be former, retired, relaxed executive director of the Asphalt Pavement Association of Michigan. Whoa. Well done. I, yes, good job. <laughs> I was corrected as we were warming up for this episode that my entire life saying ash vault was... I've heard you say both. Have I said both? You've said both, and I have I would have corrected you had I heard you consistently say it. Well, the one Stephanie way. just like out of, out of left field in the corner, ass vault, just <laughs> correcting yeah. me. And that's so. nice because I was going to let it go. Usually I correct him. I can't take that. It's like nuclear. If somebody says that, I just... It, it's a... Nails on a chalkboard. Mm. Yeah. So we're going to talk to Joe. We're going to talk to Joe's dad. We're going to talk about roads because that is the topic in town. Sure. And we're going to talk about Joe, the other topic in town. <laughs> so this should be fun. So yeah, I hope everyone had a lovely Christmas and a lovely Hanukkah. Um, it is. It is the dead time, as we as I mentioned. There's no one in Lansing right now. So we thought we would put this podcast out. It is give you something to do because you know about this time, the the booze and the presents have probably worn off. But you're still with your family and may look for some place to go hang out and listen to a conversation about the roads. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Festive. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Festive. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> so, Mr. Beshi, thanks so much for being with us. Your great, first, your first stop here. in retirement. Great to be here. Absolutely. Yes. Cool. Yes. So give us a little bit of, of your background. You know, Joe has told us a little bit of what I just read your, your title, but and Joe has said you've, done, you've worked in the... The road industry for a while, but give us a, a snapshot of what you've been doing. Your a life. quick snapshot. I've been in the uh, road construction industry for about 44 years, um, most recently as the executive director of the Asphalt Pavement Association for 28 years. Um, by education, my training, I'm a civil engineer, uh, Michigan State graduate. Go um, green. Oh, yay, go green. <laughs> um, also, um, spent some time early in my career as an assistant highway engineer, designing and building roads for a county, and then I took a little detour. Um, actually, I, I worked for an asphalt paving contractor for 11 years as an estimator, uh, estimating manager. Took a couple little detours, and then I ended up at the Asphalt Pavement Association. And Joe's dad. And Joe's dad. <laughs> Somewhere in there. My oldest son. Yes. Aww. <laughs> so Stephanie has been particularly excited about this episode. Yes. And we talked about this in Joe, because I think Joe for a while is, you know, you know, we could have my dad on. We could talk about roads. And Stephanie from the beginning is like, oh, I have so many questions about roads. I do have a million questions about so, roads. Uh, why don't you go? Start yeah, start away. <laughs> okay. So my first question is, I know that there's a whole big tension between concrete and asphalt. I'm sure you probably have your preference based on where you're coming from. But my, my yes. real question is, <laughs> they can what put gave them, it away. <laughs> they can put a man on the moon. They can, you know, make these little phones. They can do all this stuff. 
isn't there, is somebody developing the new, better alternative to both asphalt and concrete that is going to last forever and be impermeable and do what roads need to do to be able to last longer than either a substance? Well, first of all, anything that's infrastructure related, whether it's roads or sewers or bridges or water systems, they don't last forever. They're just not going to. So, you know, you, you have to realize that when you, when you build roads that they have a, a certain limited amount of life. To answer your question, yes, both industries, the asphalt and the concrete industry, are aggressively pursuing, you know, new technology and new con construction techniques, new materials. It's been doing that for a long, long time. We, our, our particular industry has had just an awful lot of innovation over the last 35 years and in the last 10 years in particular. So, um, but it's like anything that you build <clears throat> because it's subjected to traffic loads and the environment, it, it is not going to have an indefinite life. You're gonna have to rebuild the road sooner or later. Now you can maintain them and keep them going for a long, long time. I was just on an asphalt road last fall that um, we just resurfaced again. It was It is 58 years old. We just resurfaced and it'll be good for another 20 years. So it, it can be done, um, but a, a lot of the road problem or, that we have is really just a lack of money and a lack of being able to maintain the roads in the manner that they need to be maintained in. So, you know, clearly I, I'm assuming you think asphalt is better than concrete. Um, how much, how long is the average life of a concrete road versus the life of an asphalt road? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, and, and much of the information that I'm going to give you is going to be from the MDOT perspective. Okay. okay, from dealing with MDOT roads because you have MDOT roads, you have local roads and subdivision streets, you have county roads and city streets, and our association and our members do work on all of them. So MDOT are those state freeways? Yeah, state they're highways. state freeways and the, the, inter, uh, the interstates and the M routes and the U.S. routes. Uh, every um, four years, MDOT goes through a process where um, – there's a database of roads, both asphalt and concrete, that are um, watched and tracked for performance. And there's a bunch of performance measurements that are done on the roads, the cracking, the rutting, the ride quality, and a bunch of stuff. And they, they come up with their estimate of, okay, how long can, if we build a new road today, and it's a 20-year design, we, we design roads for 20 years of pavement loading for the initial construction period. How long can we expect those roads to last before we have to do something besides put a little skinny inch asphalt on top of them? We, we gotta do substantial rehabilitation or reconstruction. The last model run that just came out, asphalt came in, and they, we call this the service life, at 37 years, concrete 36. Hmm. So. And you can, you can keep roads going a lot longer than that if you can get on them and do the maintenance at the right time, do really early maintenance to keep good roads good and fair roads from getting worse. 
And if you can, you know, sooner or later, you got to do something that's maybe a little more substantial. But just as we sit here today, and if you were to build a new asphalt road, MDOT would reasonably expect it to, quote, last for 37 years before something major had to be done with it. So that brings me to another question that, you know, and maybe it, you've answered it already, but if you often will see the same sections of highway that feel like they're getting worked on over and over and over and over again, and other areas of highway that, you know, desperately need it that don't get touched. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> the vent. The vent. Oh, is it going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't hear it? Yeah, we had... But no, I'm I mean, a little the, bit. Yeah. Sorry, we had a big debate yeah. about this yeah. vent, but this yeah. is fine. Whatever. Yeah. Now the we blanket. don't. <laughs> so for the last, just just so everyone knows, the, okay. on the last episode, the blanket that almost set the the building on fire, I walked in before this episode and said, "Well, the the vent's not on and it's really cold in here." So Joe, this blanket's cluttering things up. I'm going to go put this away. And he goes, "Can we just leave it in there just in case?" I'm like, "No, we're going to put it away." And what is it? Seven minutes in, <laughs> the vent's making noise. It's not that bad, so I think we're fine. But I knew that would happen. But anyway, okay, sorry. sorry. So yeah, so back to her question. Back to Stephanie's question. Okay. That's a that's a great question. That that's a really good question. And 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 part of that, part of the answer to that is, people um, really don't know or or and shouldn't be expected to know what type of exact work you're doing on a road. So sometimes you, you might say, well, that same road's been worked on over and over again. Well, they might have put a thin little surface seal thing on there, a procedure on there that's like basically mopping on a little sealer and it turns it black and then, you, you know, they were out there working for a little bit of time and, they, okay, then five years later they, they come back and, and have programmed it to resurface it with an inch and a half asphalt, mill off the existing surface and resurface it. And then, okay, we've kept it alive and kept it going for you know seven or eight or 10 years and it's already in bad shape. Then they might turn around and say, you know, um, it's like I-96 down there near uh, Weberville where they just put seven inches of asphalt on there. Well, now it's time to do something more substantial and that should last for you know 15 or 18 years. So that, that's part of it. There's a lot of different processes that happen, a lot of different ways that you can do maintenance on roads. And part of it too is in demand to how bad is it? How you know sometimes you just have to go back out there and fix something that has deteriorated beyond thought what you thought it was going to do from the, from the last time you did some type of a maintenance treatment on it. So, and then you might see um, uh, processes happen on roads that look really pretty good. Well, why are they out there resurfacing this or putting a sealer or something on this road? Well, that's because part of the part of the solution to the pavement challenge in Michigan is not letting too many more roads get into the really bad category. And that's how you prevent that as you get on them and you do something earlier in the life of them maybe they're only you know 10 years old 12 years old and you're out there doing something keeping a good road good so so we shouldn't be that annoyed by constant road construction then because that's a good thing uh absolutely it, it, <laughs> i'm you, super annoyed by it no that's people are annoyed i mean <laughs> that you know that's people you know people ask me well, what do people want from their roads and they want them to be safe number one they want them to be smooth, 
They want them to be bumpy, mm -hmm. and they don't want them under construction, especially where they drive to and from work and on vacation. That's really the three things people want. Yeah, it's a good example of yeah. you can't have your cake and eat it too. Right, right. apparently. Okay. So I want to. Yeah. So concrete and asphalt—that's controversy. That's a controversial yeah. thing. Yeah. Let's. Who's your favorite kid? We've got Bobby, <laughs> Catherine, Joe. It's favorite child. Catherine, doesn't it? Bobby. <laughs> it's Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> They're all my favorites. Oh, They're all fine. my favorites. <laughs> yes. I know Bobby came out pretty easily there. Yeah. <laughs> I think Catherine would Bobby. say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby's got a heart of gold, so. They all have we their all own redeeming qualities. Yeah. <laughs> Joe so has a heart of cast iron yeah. <laughs> of asphalt. We should make the roads yeah. out of Joe's heart. Yes. <laughs> but but one of the things, if if you're going to ask me about asphalt and concrete, I want to <laughs> I want to kind of lay the groundwork, just the basic engineering. No pun intended. Ground, yeah, <laughs> groundwork for the for the differences because there are two. They are two different types of pavement. They're very different. Um, asphalt's what's known as a flexible pavement. It is bendable asphalt mix asphalt mixture is flexible um, it and it it bends and rebounds under load um, it has uh, it gets part of its strength from the underlying materials the gravel that's under it and the sand and it so but it but it does not have any joints in it because it's laid in one continuous smooth ribbon and built in layers a concrete pavement is a rigid pavement, not a flexible one. Concrete is much rigider, much stiffer, mm -hmm. and it doesn't rely so much for the support of the underlying materials. But with concrete, um, it has to have joints in it. And just like the sidewalks out in front of this building, every four feet or six feet, you have a joint in there. And the reason you do is because concrete is inherently, and I'm not being negative, it, it cracks. And so that's how you control the cracking. You have the cracking conter, occur where you want it to occur, and then you can manage it. So there are two different, very, type, very different types of pavements, um, engineering-wise. Isn't there a third kind? Um, like when I go visit my sister in Oregon, or you go to the UP, and it's almost like a gravelly kind of a... Chip seal? No. So dirt roads? No. <laughs> dirt roads. No, it's <laughs> it sounds like you're describing yeah. a dirt road. No, but there's there's like a kind of a, a road where it's almost like you it it looks and feels a little like asphalt, but you can see like rocky looking things in it. And they use it in Oregon because they have to put chains on their tires. And it feels like it's a lot more durable than anything I've seen here. And that's why I keep thinking there's like a, a better third option out there someplace. It could be just a special type of surface course that they put on an asphalt pavement okay. with different types of stones in it that are more uh, resistant to abrading because those snow tires those mm -hmm. and logging trucks and studded tires and those types of things really tear pavements up. So it, it, it could be that. Um, now, there's a third type of pavement, though, that's called a composite pavement, and we have a lot of those in Michigan. And that's where it started out as a concrete pavement. And for maintenance purposes, it's been resurfaced with asphalt and might have, you know, four to seven inch asphalt on top of it. So people are driving over it 
And, you know, that's, you know, they're thinking that's an asphalt pavement. No, that's a concrete pavement with asphalt on top of it. So okay. that's the third type that we have in Michigan. So are there situations that are markedly better for a concrete product versus an asphalt or asphalt versus concrete? A kind of road or a kind of place or a kind of situation where wear and tear is involved or anything like that? This is really a con this should be a concrete solution. This should be an asphalt solution. I think 40 years ago there was. 40 um, years ago? Yeah, for, 40. There be, before, back in the old technology that we were using, our asphalt pavements weren't as tough as they are now. We brought on, we're, we're using more crushed materials and more engineered asphalt cements and other technologies. And so really, in my opinion, anywhere you can put a concrete pavement, you can put an asphalt pavement. Um, possibly a place to put where you might want concrete is if you're in a trucking yard where you have trucks and the equipment, the, the trailer dollies where the trucks are sitting, and you'll sometimes see a strip of concrete because that's got higher compressive strength. But in terms of the full pavement, no, I would say no, no. Does the salt we put on the roads every winter just, like, ruin the roads? It's part of the environmental distress that happens on roads. It, uh, for asphalt, there really isn't any impact from salt because asphalt's inert. And uh, on the concrete side, remember the joints I mentioned, you know, water gets down in through there. Well, in those joints, there are uh, steel dowel bars to transfer the loads from the panels. And those are coated with special anti-rust coatings that they put on it. But over a period of time, that stuff wears off, and you get sand in there and gritting it around and scratching it up. And then salt will rust steel, mm -hmm. and then you get that kind of joint deterioration over a period of time that happens. It just happens. So why the hell are our roads so bad compared to our neighbors i get why yes. like if if arizona i get why arizona <laughs> roads might be nicer because you're in the desert it's all it's hot it's one climate there's no rain there's no like freeze and thaw that's breaking up a road but why are we last compared to everyone else in the great lakes like minnesota indiana ohio what's what's different i think what's different really is in michigan we have kind of a unique climate uh, we get a lot of freeze-thaw. Yeah, those other places do, too. But the lakes, the Great Lakes, moderate and have a big impact on the temperatures in Michigan and, and how they moderate the temperatures or, or don't moderate them. And I think that is a big part of it. Different parts of our state, southern Michigan, go through, goes through a lot of freeze-thaw cycles, many, many, many of them compared to up in the UP, it freezes up there and it's frozen. So you, 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 you look at maybe Ohio, down in southern Ohio or Indiana, there isn't as many freeze-thaw cycles that you go through. But I think really the big thing is the lack of funding and the lack of being able to fix the roads correctly, if you will, at the proper time. Because we've been putting, for lack of a better word, Band-Aids on broken arms here in Michigan. We've just been trying to keep things together. What about the trucks? Aren't the trucks the problem? Aren't they too heavy? Um, no, I would say the trucks are not too heavy. The trucks are, um, when you do a pavement design and you design it for the thickness, there's a bunch of engineering that you do. And it's all designed for the truck traffic. It depends on the amount of trucks that a road's going to take. 
the passenger cars and pickup trucks don't account for anything for the structural design calculations when you figure out how thick a road's going to be. Um, one 18,000-pound axle load, probably equivalent to, I don't know, 3,500 cars. So that's hmm. one axle load. So a semi-truck has got at least four axles on it. Not every one of them is 18,000. That's the maximum. Um, in terms of, I know there's the, you know, the controversy, well, we have the largest truck, the heaviest trucks in the state. And, but when you look at it, it's a very, very small percentage of the total truck traffic that is on the roads. And when you spread the weight that is allowed over the number of axles, those big heavy trucks, they have 11 axles on them. So actually the load per axle is slightly less than the normal axle load that you'll find on a, you know, a normal semi-truck with four axles on it. So back to why ours are bad. Are we spending less than our neighbors? Yes, we are, yeah. Like considerably? Yeah, like considerably. I mean, you look at, at Ohio, they spend, I'll just pick them, they spend a lot more in their road program down there both total in total and you know in a like a per capita how do they basis. how do they collect that money they just have higher fuel tax is it a fuel tax thing yeah. okay yeah higher taxes yeah. they have a turnpike they have a uh, turnpike. and they have a turnpike and that helps i mean there's the dedicated money that stays at the turnpike helps them uh, indiana same way they've got mm-hmm. a toll road that goes across the state that is self-sustaining and and uh, that can be done yeah so do you have thoughts on how we should fund roads? Should it be a higher fuel tax? Should it be toll roads? Should it be how do we how do we get better? Well, um it has to be paid for some way. And it's a it's a big big debate both short term as we sit here and long term. The part of the short term debate is you know how we need to we need to raise money so gas tax seems to be the way to do it because it's a true user fee, and meaning that the people that use the roads pay for the roads because that it you pay for it when you when you uh, fill up at the pump. Same with with the trucking industry, they they use the roads they pay for the roads. Um, you know you have the the other component of it is vehicle registration fees. That's an, that's another important part of it. But, you know, over the last 15 years and going into the future, some people view that as really not a sustainable funding method because higher gas mileage, we're getting a lot more better gas mileage than we have in the past, so there's less gas purchased. You have um, uh, electric vehicles coming on board, and they don't pay gas tax. And so, you know, there's some debates and maybe some some merit there there is some merit to look into it uh, something like maybe a total vehicle miles traveled tax that you pay and that has a whole bunch of different aspects and issues and concerns related to uh, privacy and how do you collect it and is it going to cost a whole bunch of money to set up a whole new system to monitor that and but maybe it, the insurance companies can do it cuz they put those things in your cars anyway <laughs> What they put in my car? No, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a couple of questions that maybe you, you can answer since you're retiring, but wouldn't want to answer otherwise. 
Were, were you disappointed that the governor vetoed 350 or 400 million dollars in new road funding? Yeah, I was personally. I mean, I was yeah, I was disappointed in it just because it's it's it was a it was an acceleration of the money that was already you know approved as I understand it. It was gonna it was part of the 215 package and and uh, you, you know the need is there and and the the quicker that we get out there and fix the roads and 350 million dollars will fix fix a number of miles of roads and and help maintain it. This, the quicker we can slow down the deterioration rate and we can start, you know, going down the slope, stop going down the slope of the roads getting worse and worse. We've got to be able to, you know, address the problem sooner than later. Well, I, I, I imagine that you're like everybody in this room other than your son and that you probably take work home with you and internalize it <coughs> and you don't just leave it at the door. <laughs> <laughs> but right. are you, do you take it personally? The, the debate on the the fuel tax and the and and raising the gas tax, or do you anticipate in the new year when you're retired you don't have to do this for work anymore? Are you still going to follow it? Are you still going to take it personally? Um, oh yeah, yeah. You got to follow. You know, you can't have your working life be you know be de dedicated to the highway construction industry and roads, and then all of a sudden walk out the door and you're well, I don't I don't want to know anything else about roads. No, I'll follow it and. Um, and, and keep up with it. Um, do I take it personally? I, you know, I the, the, the funding part. That's a big public policy issue. You know, that that's a huge issue for the policymakers. And so you can't take that personally. You have to hope that everybody can come together and come and get good policy. Um, you know, from a standpoint of my industry and our contractors and our the industry that. I've worked in. Um, I just really like construction. I love the asphalt industry. I like what we do. It's important to me. I think it's important to uh, the citizens of the state. Um, I just so I mean it's real. It's it's really ingrained in me. It's uh, something that um, that I've enjoyed a lot, and I just oh, and I and I have a great interest in it. Hmm. Has politics always gotten in the way of roads in your career? Um, there was a wise old uh, uh, executive director from a state down south that that I knew for many years. That was a, a executive director of a, uh, an asphalt pavement association, and you know he he had once said to me, he said, "John, you can't take the politics out of this much money." Okay. And mm -hmm. it's a, it's a lot of money. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of jobs. There's a lot of it impacts people's lives, uh, constituents at the local level. That's something that they can see and, you know, go to their legislator or their county commissioner or their road commission and ask questions and complain, if you will. So it's just it's just really right out there for everybody to, to see it. And, and it's very visible. So um, like like many things, there's, um, you know, lots of policy issues so is there a story that you'd be willing to share with us here on this podcast with our, our listeners <clears throat> you should know your son's a very popular character on this podcast we go out in public and people are always asking us about joe and what yeah. joe's up to but i wonder is there a story that you could share about joe that encapsulates what it's like to be joe's dad 
Because <laughs> <laughs> I do have a story yeah. that we want to share, yeah. and I want to get your feedback. But I yeah. want to hear your story first. I, I, I'm going to, yeah, let um, <laughs> I might weave this into um, a couple of different. Oh yeah, you could tell as many as you want. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I'm going to weave this into maybe a couple of little things. Um, None of this is going to be funny. It's all going to yeah. be flattering. Yeah, it's, no, it's <laughs> gonna be, no, no. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, there's probably uh, some. You know, one thing you probably don't know about Joe is he's an expert in penguins. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're right. Stop the presses. I did not, we did not know that. And uh, that's so happy. <laughs> I knew you would be. And and that How started. How do you become an expert? That started at a really early age. When when he basically when he came home from the hospital, very shortly after that, <laughs> his mother went out and bought a stuffed penguin, and we used that as kind of a a, a, a meter or to. Put in the pictures that we took of him to see how he was growing, you know. And so for, you know, the first year or so, you know, there were a lot of pictures with Joe and that penguin. And so, you know, that's kind of how it started. But how it really took <laughs> off was, I don't know, it was probably maybe fourth or fifth grade. Um, Joe was, um, uh, how did he get his work done early? in school and then he you know his home his his homework during <laughs> not his homework his schoolwork during Real class time. genius <laughs> <laughs> and so then he'd be goofing around and, and you know you know be a typical fourth or fifth year grader and so the 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 teacher uh basically said joe you've got to you know you've got to do something productive with your time here so um i, I want you to pick something out and research it and and do a little bit, you know, come back and do a little bit of a little paper for us. And so he took it upon himself to research everything about penguins and learn about all the, excuse me, all the species of penguins and their habitats and where they live and all, you know, everything about it. And so that was, so he, he did that. And that began a, uh, a long series of purchases by his mother of different types of stuffed animal penguins. And so, you know, I don't know how many penguins there are types, but he had at one point many of them in stuffed animals. And I think he still has some of them. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> my room and home. Yeah. It's full of. It's loaded with them. Do you sleep with them still? The original one yeah. sits in a chair in my bedroom and Aww. it occasionally makes its way into my bed. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't remember getting it, but I will apparently go get it in yeah. the evening. I take back the As cast iron heart year. comment from earlier in the podcast. That's tender and sweet. Yeah. What's the yeah. penguin yeah. name, nice. Joe? It's just called Penguin. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was not a penguin. I was not a creative or clever yeah. child. Yeah. So and, and, and so, and, but so, and I, I'm really proud of what Joe has done, and I think he's uh, he's a, he's a fine person, and and you know, you know, he's a little <laughs> bit argumentative sometimes, or he can be a little. No way. Oh, I no. knew we were going to get this. I knew just, we were going to get some stuff we didn't know yeah, about just, Joe. Just a good. little bit, and so you know, yeah, back to grade school, um, he did. He didn't, you know, you had reading time when you had to read your books of what you were supposed to read. And he didn't really like reading fiction of what they were reading. And so the teacher said, you can read something else that you're interested in. And so he got, he was interested in history and World War II and biographies and maps 
and particularly in history and and the, you know uh, Churchill and all the you know Hitler and Stalin and all the, all the big historical figures and and um, you know that continues today. But it it, it turned out maybe kind of getting him a little bit of trouble in middle school kind of later on because he did all this reading and he kind of was at one point challenging some of the historical interpretations that were <laughs> being offered at school. Yeah. <laughs> and so we would get uh, some phone calls from the, from the teacher. <laughs> so uh, I had a rough couple of years. Yeah, he had a rough, <laughs> he had a rough couple of years. And uh, then one of the other things I was so proud of Joe is, is of taking the initiative of something that he really cared for and doing something about it. And what that was is him and a friend basically were responsible for establishing the lacrosse program at Holt High School. They, you know, they took it on themselves when Joe was, I don't know, I think he was in ninth grade, uh, end of ninth grade, they decided that they wanted to start a club lacrosse team and get a team together so Holt could have a team that compete with other teams and they went over to a neighboring uh, school over to, to actually to Waverly, talked to the coach over there. He gave them some helmets and then some equipment and they recruited some parents to coach and that started uh, Holt lacrosse and Joe played for three years and then his brother got really interested in it and played and and then it became a varsity sport, and it's a big sport, a pretty big, pretty big sport. People love it. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I was all because I, of me, I, all because of Joe. <laughs> yeah, which was I would not have pegged was, that at was all. Was really cool. No. Really, really I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say that he and his friend decided to join the cheerleading team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've tell us about that. that. <laughs> so, like before, I before I before we do, oh, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> you got too excited. My chair just fell down. Um, I want to play some sound of one of your other children telling this story. Now, this came up earlier today as we were as we were gathering around the hallway. Why, Laura? Because because you got your telling the story about Draymond Green, right? Yeah, I, I was telling a story about how I um, got yelled at by Draymond Green after I tweeted something maybe that wasn't so nice at him, and then I found out that Joe has a history of run-ins with important athletes as well and then the story began yeah so let's listen to Catherine because she tells this best so Catherine Al, Al Horford yeah Joe Beshi, so I mean I separated have at birth what's the story could be lifelong enemies so I for so for Stephanie we should probably who's Al who's Al yeah Horford? I was gonna ask but I didn't want to so he's Al Horford is a <laughs> professional basketball player who plays for the Celtics and is an all-star player. He's very okay. good. He's been in the league for... Like, does he play right now? Or yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he's, and like, he's from Grand Ledge, right? Yeah. from Grand Ledge. He's from he's Grand Ledge. He's probably... Probably my age. He was a year younger than you, I think. Yeah. So he's, you know, 30-ish. Okay. So young guy. Um, I have so many funny stories about Joe, but this one is a good one that I think a lot of people like to hear, so... I don't know if Joe anybody Horner, knows this, but um, Joe's senior year in high school, so I would have been a sophomore, he and two of his friends decided since it was their off-season for lacrosse, which is the sport he played, that they were going to try out for the cheerleading team. <laughs> and, um, is it a joke or for kind, real? Kind of, but 
the okay. coach thought they did <laughs> such a great job that she put them on the team. And I mean, it now, turned. Were there male cheerleaders on no, the team? Or? Okay. They were pioneers. No other male <laughs> cheerleaders had <laughs> ever a, been on the team. There'll be a plaque outside Hold High School. I had an amazing toe touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. So it, I think it started out as a, oh, we'll, we'll do this for fun type thing. And um, she put them on. So it was Joe and two other friends. <clears> and. You know, I think it turned into like a real commitment because he actually had to go to the practices and go to the games. That's where the plan it, went it downhill. Sucked. It was like, it oh no! Well, I, I'm most curious about the uniform. The uh, the uniform was like a polo shirt and then like, saying, just like like athletic like pants. athletic pants. Okay, it right. was fine. Um, the the deal going into it because we spoke with the coach of this beforehand. I was like, we just want to come and be loud and annoying at, at basketball games. That's what we're interested in. She's like, oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Come come do this. <laughs> And um, then it became like, oh, we're practicing for like competitions, which is what cheerleaders actually do. And it's that's like a huge part of what we do now. And you have to come to practice and you're an important component of this stupid little formation. And (laughs) we all very much hated it. Like within. You're kind of holding the whole thing up, aren't you? (laughs) You're kind of a really important part. I was a critical component. (laughs) Yeah, it turned out to be a critical component that didn't want to be there. It's it's always good to have your foundation questioning their commitment to the whole exercise. (laughs) Yeah, it turned into a serious kind of feels like work. It kind of feels like coming in here every day. It did. It was. <laughs> well, so I'm not sure how long. I don't. I don't remember if you lasted throughout the whole season or if you guys. No, we quit. At I the, thought we quit, quit <laughs> very late in the game and 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 ruined and, and some ruined. of the competitions. Yeah, yes, we that's how I recall that happening. So what? Where's Al Horfield have so, to for, fit in this? Um, Al Horford played at Grand Ledge, which was our rival high school, and he was. You know, really good at the time, and I, th- I think so. He was a junior that year, um, and we're at our Friday night Holt Rams basketball game. Joe's cheerleading on the sidelines. <laughs> Al Horford, who now is this huge NBA star, <laughs> is um, doing awesome and like completely killing it, making every shot possible. And Joe is on the sidelines of the basketball game, just heckling the absolute crap out of him I mean screaming of being so obnoxious and utterly embarrassing I mean (laughs) my parents were there and my mom could not have been more mortified and (laughs) screaming so bad that um his parents were complaining to our <laughs> superintendent. So then Joe got removed from the game forcibly by our our school administrators because he was heckling Al Horford so bad that he was complaining to his coaches and Joe had to be pulled out and he was kicked out of the rest of the game. And so then it was funny two years later when he's like, you know, being drafted and Joe's like, oh my gosh, the, yeah, the, I heckled him. And he's, so, he's so soft. The he, most, he's not going to yeah, survive the NBA. The <laughs> most Joey an- Beshi got in his head. Yeah, oh yeah, he did, big time. Well, the most annoying part of this whole story was I, you know, I'm, I'm taunting Al Horford for the mo- most of this game and I'm obviously doing a good job and I get removed and I'm pleased with myself. I'm like, oh, this is yeah, this, th- yeah, this is yeah. how this is supposed to go. Did they I'm... clap for you as you were moved? Yes, <laughs> of course. Yes, <laughs> of course they did. Was it was probably the highlight the of your high school The only people career. that were really, really and then mad and then I go parents. home because I have nowhere to go. Um, like I'm and everyone's at the basketball game, so I go home and my parents come home and are just so pissed at me and like in a way that was I can't even. Oh, they were. I don't mad. know if they've ever been mad at me in that sort of way before. It wasn't like a. 
like a violent screaming thing. It was like a combination of like just utter disappointment and I don't know what else. I can't remember that vividly, but I was just, which just, I was so mad at them for, for the way they felt <laughs> about it. I'm just moment. like, you get, get out of my face. I'm going to my room. I don't oh, want to see you mad. guys. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you remember the Al Horford night, the famous night of the Holt Rams and Al Horford? <laughs> I remember it exactly like that. <laughs> it was uh, old high school is is uh, just a great venue to watch basketball in. There's seating all the way around, and it's you're like down. It's almost like watching it in an arena, like at like the. Well, was it the old center. gym? That was no, that was the new. new no, it gym. wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was in the new gym. That school didn't exist while I was in school. Yeah. No, you were, you were in the... No. <laughs> well, okay, I guess I'm... <laughs> All of what you said may be true, but it was in the old junior high. It definitely was. In the old junior high. Okay. We need to get Catherine in the okay. phone. Yeah, we need to... Well, I don't... I don't. Anyway. anyway. Well, anyway, his, his mother was mortified. <laughs> and um, Joe, uh, you know, it was... Yeah, that's how I remember it, and it was... Um, he can really heckle the heck out of somebody. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> so were you actually mad or you just had to side with Mrs. Beshi so she didn't get mad? I was mad. And I was like Joe said, I was disappointed because I just didn't think it was appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a little bit of that is fine. But a whole quarter of it, I think they put up with it for like, you know, maybe a quarter and they they removed him from the building. <laughs> I still have no regrets about and, it. I, and so, you know, I just was, you know, disappointed and, and just, I just, that's just not, that's just not cool. So so tell us about these night terrors. When did they start? Um, He's going to be, he's like the last person. He sleeps through everything. Yeah. He's, he oh, probably has um, no memories of any of them. Very early on, as I recall. Really? Just as, a, as, a, as soon as the penguins started to yeah, as soon as the penguins started to show up. <laughs> yeah, that very, a happy very, Gilmore bit? Very, yeah. very early on. And, 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 um, but I can, you know, I've more than once I've, you know, seen them and at different times of his, you know, of his life as a young kid and, you know, in, in high school. And it's, um, it's just like he's not there, you know. It's like. He's up, he's walking, he's talking, but he's not there. Wow. Um, That's startling. Yeah, it is yeah. startling. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, yeah, it's just, yeah. So would more rebar help? Like if you doubled up on the metal that's in the road, would that help? <laughs> I thought you meant Joe's nightmare. <laughs> no. What? Do you want to hit Joe with well, yeah. you know, bars for his windows? Um, well, in asphalt, there is no rebar. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There's no rebar in asphalt. It's just aggregate and asphalt cement. Hmm. Um, uh, there, there's been various designs in concrete over the years where they've had more and less rebar. They used to have what's called reinforced pavement. They put, uh, uh, I'll call it wire mesh in there. Uh, oh, yeah, I've square, seen some of that. Yeah, yeah. wire mesh. It was all through that and... They're, now they're not doing that. They're plain. They're called uh, plain concrete pavements. With they've got the dowel bars and the load transfer assemblies in it. But 
There's another type that is built in a few states. It's called uh, continuous reinforced concrete. You might have seen it if you ever saw the re reconstruction of the expressways in Chicago. It's just loaded with steel, and it's completely uh, continuous steel reinforcement all the way through it, and it is very, very expensive. Yeah. And they did do some of that in the state of Michigan at one time, and it just didn't meet the performance expectations at all. Okay. So. That's why I'm not an engineer. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for taking the time and sharing some stories, educating us on, on roads mm -hmm. and penguins and Joe. And penguins. Oh, my pleasure. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Dad. You're welcome. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll be right back. So, Joe, how'd you how'd you think that went? I'm a dad fine. in the I podcast think it, I think it went studio. Fine. He likes to talk. He's delightful. Yeah. What's your favorite type of penguin? I've always liked emperor penguins, but that's kind of a cop out. Kind of the only one I know. Um, of the weird ones, I like chin strap penguins. Oh, cool. I don't so know what that looks like. Look them up. How many Is it different? That? How many different it literally kinds looks of? Looks like it has a chin strap. Yeah, they have like a little black yeah. stripe on their chin. I just think they're kind of cool. How many different kinds of penguins can you name? I'll count. Uh, there's the emperor. There's king. There's chinstrap. There's macaroni. There's macaroni. Uh, not your favorite. No, I don't like them very much. What's a macaroni penguin look like? Um, <laughs> it's squiggly. It's got like the orange hair on the side. You've probably seen pictures of them. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Keep going. You're only at four. Uh, fairy. I believe that's one. I don't Is know. someone looking at these? <laughs> this was in no. I'm just counting. Fifth grade, everyone. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, uh. I think Adele is a is a breed. Um, it's in the Galapagos. Pink, is that's that one? one. Yep. Mm, that doesn't count because he didn't say it. Forgive I'm gonna. It, I'm gonna. Knowing. I'm probably gonna tap out there okay. uh, without wasting like a ton of time just sitting here staring at the, <laughs> staring at the wall. The only reason I know Galapagos is that Cooper is also obsessed with penguins. Is he? <laughs> and he did a project on penguins, and I think I we discovered that. after that that Owen, when he was in second grade, also picked the penguin as his animal. That he did this thing. So we well, we should do an MBA and Penguin podcast with Owen and Cooper. We get them in here during Christmas break. What's your favorite cinematic portrayal of the Penguin? Is it Danny DeVito? <laughs> I you know I don't yeah. like. That's <laughs> the only one I can think of. I don't like Batman. Happy Feet. Well, there, there's the, there's the original Penguin from. No, he's talking about Batman. Yeah, from back in the sixties, the campy oh, okay. Penguin, and there was the there's Penguin in, from of Gotham. Penguin. Of the, of penguin, not of a penguin. I couldn't. I, know, I couldn't I'm even joking. name one other than Danny DeVito. That would be the yeah, only I one that I. That's the only one that. I heard him. I, he did an interview mm -hmm. the other day on uh, Dan Patrick, or maybe it was Rich Eisen. I don't know, but um, he said when he was filming that movie, they asked him how was it, and he said he they, he had to be fed because his hands were in like prosthetics. Yeah. So every day on set, they would have to feed him like with a spoon, like spoon. And someone on set would spoon feed him his lunch. Okay. I'm That's, sure he requested yeah. that. Yeah. You know, like in his contract. Be tough. Well, that was fun. It was good to have him here. Yeah, I liked it. It was fun.
I liked it. Hopefully, you guys. Uh, I wish he would have gotten a little more juicy stories, though. He's too. He nice. wasn't going to do that. I mean, nice. you could tell. Yeah. Yeah. Do we need to have your mom in to get? I had a I had a number of probing questions, but when he so quickly said, when you said who's your favorite child and he's like Bobby, I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm not sure I want to ask these other probing questions because I, I don't know that Joe's ready for the answers. I mean, that was m- most well. That's true, but also mostly <laughs> joking. My parents don't play favorites, but I mean, Bobby would be the logical choice for Ka- Bobby's just better than that. What did Catherine do to piss him off? I thought Catherine, Catherine and I are both nice. just, no. I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Catherine. You seem like high maintenance children. Kinda. <laughs> Catherine yeah. and I can be handfuls. Bobby has never been anything but agreeable. Um, like, so they were so relieved after the the two of you came along, and they're like, "Oh my god, another one!" And Bobby's like, oh, "He's so easy." Yeah, I think I think he was even like the easy baby. My mom would claim like he just kind of sat there and didn't do anything, and then he was nice once he could, you know, talk and do stuff. <laughs> but um so the third time was a charm yeah. but uh talk and do stuff <laughs> but uh yeah Catherine I don't know Bobby has probably gotten in like I don't know maybe two fights with my parents ever like where he's he's screaming at my mom or something like that Catherine and I used to do that every week like it was just it, yeah it's no contest really that has to matter. I mean, I'm not a parent, but that has I to matter. I would imagine so. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because your parents, I've only met them a couple of times, but they both seem just so low-key, just so chill. And for you and Catherine to be... Well, my dad is. like He's, he's like that. My mom is very... She can be wonderful, and she's she is, but like my mom can be very like animated and angry and she's okay. the screamer and so you get that from her yeah i discovered recently that your mom follows us on is she on twitter or is it instagram she's i think on both what is her what is her handle the ruby pig yes <laughs> yeah and so we would always get these likes like right away from our podcast posts from the, the ruby pig i'm like who is, who is this that's person? her that's her etsy and shop. then i realized that it was joe's mom don't get Laura started on Etsy today. Or you. Yeah. Nick and I have both had bad Etsy experiences. But not from the Ruby Pig. Not from the Ruby Pig. It's Buy it's from fine, there all the yes. time. A wonderful artisan. Mm-hmm. Is this a Christmas present story? Yeah. Well, an an- anniversary present story for me. Oh, that's not good. No. I've well, had good experiences on Etsy. I've had wonderful experiences. Yeah, most of the Just time. this time, and maybe December 7th was too late to order something that said Grandma and Grandpa and didn't. Didn't, wasn't personalized beyond that, so I thought it would be fine. But it has not even shipped yet, and we're past Christmas. That's a problem. <laughs> That's a problem. We are, darn it. <laughs> Can't believe I'm Sorry, here. Grandma and Grandpa. Just kidding. <laughs> well, or I'm glad, Stephanie, you came in yeah. for this episode. <laughs> it's nice to have Mr. Beshi, John Beshi, with us for this post-Christmas episode. Hopefully, this can fill those dead hours between uh, when you're not at working looking for something to do the cold oatmeal podcast is there for you oh um, gosh <laughs> <laughs> i don't what what, what? <laughs> no. i aware that you rhymed right yes. <laughs> okay. thanks Nick. anyway uh merry christmas from the podcast we will talk to you in the new year um for nikki nick laura stephanie joe and mr beshi this is matt and we will talk to you next time 